Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast, available on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts from, so you don't miss a single episode. Good morning and welcome to the Football Digest podcast. And uh, it's lovely to have the band finally back together again. Um, Jeremy Cross, my namesake, joining us in Daily Star, Matt Dunn from Daily Express, and my dear colleague Andy Dunn from the Daily Mirror as well on board. Thanks so much for joining, guys. And um, plenty to discuss, really. Everton in turmoil, Harry Kane's milestone, and the love of the FA Cup. Where could you possibly go wrong and need for any more conversation but why don't we start with Everton what a week it's been the sacking of Frank Lampard who on earth do they go for next it seems absolutely all over the shop why wouldn't that surprise us Andy uh, uh, you, you've written a hell of a lot on it this week it's a subject obviously that you, you know so well and you, you know you follow very closely does this has this week surprised you no it hasn't surprised me I don't surprised anyone um what hasn't surprised me is the fact that they've had so long, really. I mean, Frank was sacked earlier this week, but realistically, when they were beaten 4-1 at home by Brighton on, I think it was January the 3rd, you know, that was the time when they probably should have made the decision. But at least if they didn't make the decision then, they should have had a plan in place for when they did make the decision, you know, for a couple of games later if things didn't go well. So they should have been further down the line than, than sort of making what seems like fairly um, desperate attempts to to persuade Marcelo Bielsa to come back and, and manage in the Premier League. You know, that's not the type of appointment that you can you can pull off overnight. I mean, we, we all know that. It, it took a, a long time for him to agree to Leeds. Um, we all know that, you know, his methods take some some considerable time to implement. So it just doesn't seem like with all things Everton since Farhad Mashiri and a little bit before he took over, there doesn't seem to be a great deal of of joined up thinking, um, both in the recruitment policy and the managerial hire and fire policy. And that's as simple as that. I mean, that that, that is just the issue. There isn't any, any clear plan, any clear project, any clear... Um, sense of direction and where the club's going in and and hence it's come to this um what what's important now of course is that is that we've all probably for the last two or three days sort of said what a, what a terrible situation everson's in how has it got to this and we've all pointed to the recruitment policy uh, um the hire and fire of managers the no clear direction from the ownership um the sort of slightly dysfunctional boardroom setup. So we've all highlighted exactly what's gone wrong over these last um, six years of Mashiri and, and a little bit before then. Um, we've all done that. So now what's important clearly is what do they do from here? What do they do from here? Assuming they can't get Bielsa, you know, and there's still probably a chance. Who do they go for? Um, you know, Sean Dyche would seem a relatively, relatively um, safe pair of hands, perhaps or a safe option or, or a relatively cheap option. But as again, though, you, you know, John, I mean, I, I, since it was sort of suggested that he might be again be the favourite, I've had Evertonians on to me saying, oh, that's great. So we'll have James Tarkowski, Dwight McNeil, and Sean Dyshaw back in, back in harness, the three of them. They did well last year, didn't they? At Burnley, of course, you know. And, and so it's a tough one. You know, Everton fans are, I mean, traditionally bitter, but now just, you know, more bitter than ever. So it's, it, it's where they go from here. 
who they take on from here now. We know what's got them into this position. And now, where do they go from there? And of course, added into the mix, John, is, is also the ownership. You know, he's been absent. He's, he's shown his face again recently. But is he selling? Is he not selling? The new stadium, you know, is still coming on. That's open in 24, 25. So, yes, it is. It is the very definition of a, a crisis club. But it's still a Premier League club with a lot of history. And it's still a very, very good job. Forever goes in there. I don't buy into all this stuff. They're like, oh, why would so-and-so take the Everton job? It takes the Everton job because it's Everton Football Club. It is a grand old club. It's a grand old Premier League club. It's a grand old club of the top flight. You know, it, it, it's as simple as that. It's a big club in a big city, and it's a good job for someone, even if they have to go down for a season. The question is, Andy, is it a grand old team to play for? It is. If you, if you know your history, that is, mate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Which you probably do. Well, I love that song, and yeah, yeah, and I, 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 when I think of Everton, I think of Everton in that, you know, sort of 85, 87 season when I maintain that they were the best team of the 1980s. But they, you know, the one to 11, I just thought they were absolutely fabulous, unstoppable. Anyway, we're sort of kind of probably guilty of living in the past as Everton are in, in, in a way, but you're absolutely spot on in my view, in that basically, I, I, I don't buy this. Who would want it? I mean, people would bite bite your hand off. I mean, you know, the 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 crazy thing that I get confused with, Jeremy, is that basically I don't know how you can go from Bielsa at one end, style of football, to Daesh at the other. To me, Daesh seems the much the better option, absolutely much the better option mid season, because Bielsa, you know, that's the way he is. You couldn't have two more contrasting managers, could you, in terms of style and approach to football? And it's probably symptomatic of of how the board at Everton and the owners are thinking there's just no, like Andy said, there's no sort of, there's no rigid structure in place. They don't seem to think beyond the next 24 hours. You know, most clubs, when they sack a manager, they have somebody ready and waiting to go already signed up to a new, to a contract and he's, he's in within one or two days. This could, this could go on for a week, maybe two weeks, maybe even longer. Who knows with Everton? Cause it's so badly run. But you're right. I mean, look, we discussed it last night, didn't we, in Nottingham, um, Daesh. You you have to take into account the fact that there's a good, very, very good chance Everton are going to be in the Championship next season. You know, it'd be a brave man to bet, bet against them getting relegated on current form and the current situation at Goodison. So you have to appoint someone with that in mind because there's no point giving the job to someone and then sacking them if they don't keep them up. You've got to appoint someone who's going to be able to build something tangible. And Dyche obviously has experience of that. He's used to working on tight budgets at Burnley. You know, he's good at getting the maximum out of what's at his disposal. So, you know, Everton on paper have a decent squad, decent, decent talent there. Um, the only problem is that the best talent wants out now in shape in terms of like people like Anthony Gordon because he's just thinking, what future have I got if I stay at Everton? So if you can keep the best players in this window, and obviously there's less than a week to go now before it closes, and then get somebody decent in, they might, they just might stand a reasonable chance of clawing their way out of it, but I can't see it. And also, Dunny, I know, listen, I totally get where you're coming from in terms of the tradition, and it's a great job for someone, but is it? Is it really a great job for someone? I mean, if it, so, so if they get offered the job to Pochettino, would he take it? No, but Pochettino's, Pochettino's coming at it from an angle where he thinks he should be managing a Champions League club. Well, listen, we will see. We will see what how good that job is now viewed with managers. Well, when they appoint someone in terms of who they get, 
if they give it to Sean Dyche, then what does that say? I, 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 I think it says they've got a really good Premier League manager who will keep them up and be given the opportunity at Everton to build something even bigger than, than, than he was able at Burnley. And I just think he played a certain way at Burnley to get to get results, and it you know he's the he's he's the most he's the most important man in Burnley's history. I think in a way he's just absolutely absolute legend there. Yeah, he found a way that worked for Burnley, didn't he? And it was it was brilliant. You know they punched above their weight for years, and it was an astonishing story, really. And you know when you look back on it now, you think what an amazing achievement he did at Burnley, Sean Dash. It was incredible what he what he achieved. The point will say they've given the job to someone who's won as much in England as Pochettino has. Thank you very much indeed. Albeit operating in North America. Let's have a look at at Frank Lampard, shall we, in his reign? Because (laughs) I've got to go with a sympathetic voice here just because, you know, I think Frank Lampard, you you know, deserved more credit than he got at, at, at Chelsea, did a good job at Derby, was given an absolute poison chalice at Everton. But actually unified the sport support base in many ways, but um, because they actually seem to quite like him, or sort of un- have sympathy with him, shall I say, because of the, the, the nonsense in the background. Is, is that fair? Is that what do you think, Matt? I think, I mean, I, I did a piece this week. It's interesting how few of this country's really top internationals have gone on to to make good managers. When you look at the Centurions, the the Billy Wrights, who had a decent spell at Arsenal back in the day, but Bobby Moore, uh, yeah, Wayne Rooney's just making his way. All these all these players that don't uh, have a good managerial record. And I think the bottom line, that they're very appointable into decent jobs to start with because everyone likes to be associated with Frank Lampard. And he looks great on the pitch, clapping his hands and urging people on uh, and, uh, and saying, come on, do what I do. And that looks like leadership. But management is so much more complex than that. And you need to have the sort of dark arts that, you know, Marie, that Lampard had a chance to learn from Mourinho uh, and, that, you know, even people like Harry Redknapp early in his career. There's this, it's something about being a manager that you've either got or you haven't. And I think increasingly what Lampard's showing is he hasn't got that, that nuanced ability to, to manage in a crisis that people that keep coming back, like you take, you know, fr- friend of the mirror and the express, Neil Warnock, you know, he keeps getting jobs because he knows how to do it. It's not pretty. It's not great, but he does know how to get results and results at the end of the day are key. And all I would say, uh, my, my final word on the Everson thing is that they, the owners were criticized for appointing a manager last year in Lampard uh, just 10 hours before the window shut. And then they ended up making panic signings in Delhi Alley and Donny uh, van der Beek. Well, they've got five days and three hours. Otherwise, they're falling into the same mistake twice. And for all the things that they've done that's wrong at the club, that is totally unforgivable. Crossy, where do you think this all leaves Lampard now? He's only 44. He's had three clubs already in, what, four or five seasons? I, I was really thinking about this yesterday. And I, I do I do think with... With with Frank, God, I, I I did think it was a bad look on the touchline the other day. You know, when 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 he was at, when he was at West Ham for for a guy who exudes you know style and elegance, he's, he's, he he looked a man beaten, frankly. You know, in that in that beanie out in the in the you know in the cold and the sort of wet weather at, at West Ham. I didn't think it was a very good look, and I thought it told a story about a man who's blimey, he's been dealt a really bad hand there. I I, I like him a lot. And, you know, I do think he's still 
you know, probably got a, a job in him, but I'm not convinced he'd, he'd fancy it. He, he's, I, 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 you know, these managers find it hard to give up on the on the on the hope, don't they, of of, of making it as a manager? It's like a drug to them, isn't it? It really is. But I wonder whether th- th- this might be it for Frank, you know, because he's 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 had Derby where he did a super job. He did well at Chelsea, I thought, and now Everton. Is he, he you know, where where will it be next? Well, look what happened to Gary Neville after the Valencia thing. You never, never, you know, you never see Neville go back to management, will you? Yeah, he drew a line, and I wonder whether Frank Lampard might do that. I think, you know, it's interesting. Matt brings up the sort of those, those sort of kind of players of the past. I still feel that Stephen Gerrard will come back and do another managerial job because he did so well at Rangers, and I, I don't think you know Villa was always necessarily the best platform for him. And I still think he could come back and do well. So I don't think he's finished yet. But I wonder whether Frank Lampard. You know, might. I mean, it was ridiculous, Everton. You know, no chance to succeed. And, you know, I still feel there's a, a, a good manager there, but I just don't think, I don't know where where we would go next. That's that's a problem. Whereas I think Gerard would still get another opportunity, I feel. You know, I don't know quite where that would be, but I think that, that hunger defines them probably. And it's, it's, about, it's about knowing when, when to walk away. Neither of them need to work, do they? They just don't. Being realistic, other than the other than the fact that they want to prove themselves as managers, and it is a drug, and, and you know can't blame them for that. It's the pure love of the game. Anyway, speaking of pure love of the game, Harry Kane, um, Harry Kane equal Jimmy Greaves' record. Um, this week, Andy, and you know, I don't know quite where that leaves him. Really, there's a school of thought, isn't there, that basically he could stay at Spurs, chase even more records, and then basically that that would be that. Antonio Conte, you know, a couple of us were asking questions to him post match, trying to get him to pay tribute to Harry Kane, and in typical Conte fashion, just wasn't having it. Was not having it. Said, "Oh yeah, he's done well, but." We need to get him to win trophies, basically. Hopefully he's at Spurs with me, but we need to get him to win trophies. And you immediately saw where his priorities lie. And, you know, it's that age-old debate, personal records v. trophies. Yeah, I guess it is. I mean, I mean, just on that, of course, it, it turns out that, I mean, Jimmy Greaves scored two more, didn't he? Didn't, uh, didn't he uh, two goals in the charity, charity shield that didn't count? Well, as, as we all they know now. It's friendly. Well, I tried to on that to uh, Jose or... Uh, or Pep, um, they, they, they all count them as, um, uh, yeah, but and anyway, listen, regardless of whether or not um, Jimmy should be given two extra goals or should those two goals should count, he's going to pass that record anyway. Personal records or trophies, it's not, I don't think you can, you know, I, I do think the idea that it's glibly said always, are we, you know, you've got to, your career is unfulfilled if you don't win. A trophy. I don't think that's necessarily the case. You know, I mean, I mean, Harry Kane. If Harry Kane stays at Spurs and um, breaks all manner of individual records, both for club and for country, um, and don't forget the other elements of this. Don't forget the other elements, which you know you, you can't ignore. Is is that it's not like he's being poorly remunerated at Tottenham Hotspur. Um, he'll probably get. The best contract ever for a Tottenham player if he if he signs a new deal. So, and he's in a good club with a lovely stadium. I presume he likes living in the south. So you know, I mean, I mean, all these things. You, you know, it's not like he's in some sort of um, terrible, terrible 
um, predicament. It's not really. I mean, you know, he might want a new challenge. I mean, that's as simple as that. The challenge would be, there's no guarantee that if he goes to Manchester United, he's going to win trophies. No guarantee he's got a better chance at Manchester United. He's probably got a better chance going forward with Manchester United, for example. So in answer to your question, I just don't think, you know, I, I, I wouldn't sit here and say that Harry Kane's career will in any, any way have an asterisk next to it if he doesn't win a trophy. I, I, I won't. It's been a fantastic That's why these players play the game they've done, surely. They want to win trophies, don't they? Play for the money, mate. They That's want to why win trophies. Lionel Messi looks so pleased with himself when he won the World Cup a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he does, but he also looks pleased with himself when when he's, you know, doing, you know, multi-million pound adverts for Saudi Arabia and for wherever, mate, as well. No, but Kane, Kane, Kane would, was, was a multi-millionaire several years ago. He's just topping up his bank account. It's there's only one thing multi-million... Mate, there's only one thing multi-millionaires want to do, pal, and that's get more multi. Let me tell you that, mate. Yeah, you, you know, so don't don't let's... James there, don't it? There's no denial there as such. I get what you're saying, you know what? You're right. If, if Kane stays at Tottenham for the rest of his career, never wins a trophy... But sets all these records. In my in my head, it won't detract when I think about him in twenty years' time. It won't, I won't think anything less of him. I'll think what a great player he came was, an absolute legend of a striker, one of the greatest players I've ever seen. But I just feel for him when he's sitting in his rocking chair when he's old and grey, and he looks back and he thinks, "Well, I was a brilliant player, but where's my medals? I've got no medals." It'd be such a shame for him. Listen, Jesse, in look at his mantelpiece, and as Harry Kane never, ever, ever tires of showing us, he'll show us his golden boots. I mean, for goodness sake, he takes them on holiday with him and puts them around the pool. You know, listen, that's what matters to Harry Kane. By instinct, by instinct, by goal-scoring instinct, by the instinct that gets him all the goals he gets, he is a selfish footballer. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. He's a selfish footballer. Those golden boots that he parades... And when he says, oh, I mean, listen, you know, when you sit there and you turn around and, and, and we've all been there very recently um, and there are many England camps and you'll say to, before the tournament starts, Harry Kane, well, wouldn't it be great if you could win the Golden Boots? And Harry Kane, we all know the stock line. Well, the Golden Boot would be nice, but it mean that England are doing well and I'd rather have the World Cup. Yeah, 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 Harry. You sure, mate? The Golden Boots. Do, 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 do you think the Golden Boot was any consolation to him in 2018? Of course it was. By his, by his nature, and when he looks back, we could name, we could name now, well, hundreds and hundreds of players whose careers, you, you, by, by, your, by your yardstick, whose careers should be judged as, you know, fulfilled. People who've won Premier Leagues, FA Cups, whatever. But we don't, we don't remember their names. You remember the name of Harry Kane, regardless of whether he, wears, whether he wins a cup or not. So I just think this idea... It is a very easy, it's a cliche to turn around and say, oh, well, he's got to win a trophy. No, he hasn't. What did Johnny Haynes ever win? He, he wasn't a bad player. And I tell you what, holding out hope for Harry Kane, um, he's, you know, in his, in his, not even in his 30s, Stanley Matthews had to wait till he was 38 for his only honour, and he wasn't a bad player. So, so Andy says, I mean, it's just an anomaly, it's who you play for. He still has 16 years left to play, though, Stanley Matthews. That's what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, he never, after the age of 38 to 53, he didn't do anything. Andy, can I just ask you a question? If you're Harry Kane and it comes to the summer and Man United make a bid of 75 million, say, and Levy says, you know what, if you want to go, you can go because 
you're going to you're in your last year of your contract. What would you do? Oh, you know, if, if Daniel Levy said, you know, it said you can go if you want to go, that that would suggest to me that he was quite willing to sell. If Daniel Levy said we want you to stay, um, if let, so in other words, if Harry Kane has the choice between Spurs and Manchester United this summer, what does he do? Is essentially what you're saying. Well, listen, I don't know because listen, I think at Harry Kane's age in the stage of his career. If Harry Kane wants to stay where he is with his family, if he enjoys being a Tottenham Hotspur, if he enjoys playing a Tottenham Hotspur, if he enjoys being the, I know he's not the captain, um, but he's as he's a de facto captain, he's a leader. If he wants to do stay doing that, if he's happy there, that's what's important. That's what's the most important thing to him. Him and his family, they're happy doing what they're doing where they are. Surely that that has to be the most important thing. And then if he makes also a judgment decision and thinks, well, actually. Where are United at this present moment? Are they are they going forward faster than Tottenham Hotspur are? If they've finished above Tottenham this year, if they're in the Champions League and Manchester United and Spurs aren't, then those things will come in for it. But it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be a personal lifestyle decision. It hasn't got to be a decision where he thinks, well, I've got more of a chance of winning a trophy with them than, than whatever. You know, listen, Alan Shearer made a lifestyle decision essentially when he went to Newcastle. Now, okay, he'd already won a Premier League title. But that was the only Premier League title he won. Now, he made a decision, what was essentially a decision for for where he felt best to be at, for where his heart was. Maybe Harry Kane's heart and spares. And listen, also, you may, you may I'll tell you what, you, we, we say we struggle to remember everyone who wins trophies, and that, you know, that doesn't necessarily make you down as a great player. We do remember an awful lot of players who were one-club men. And those players, you know, uh, I mean, th- th- those players stick stick out to us as well. So there's something to be said for that, apart from the loan clubs, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but he's a one club man. We don't get many of that, and I think he deserves respect. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I think it's, I think it's great. You know, I, th- I do think Harry Kane. You know, all this, all this talk. I, I love, I love his loyalty, and I love his. You know, yes, he flirted with Man City. Probably wanted to leave, but it didn't work out, and other things. Just very quickly, he's not a Barnet or something like that, is he? He's a Tottenham Hotspur. He's a Tottenham Hotspur with one of one of the best stadiums in the world and you know, one of the one of the great clubs. A club that's you know, he, he's not. It's not like it's not like he hasn't got a chance. For example, of winning against Bears, right manager, right recruitment policy, they could win something. I mean, I mean, you, you know, there is and also what an incentive or a mission that would be for Harry Kane. And listen, I think this is what he might do. I think he might sign a new deal. And I think he might turn around and say, well, listen, you, you know what? For the last four or five years of my career now, wouldn't it be great if I could cap that off by not only all these golden boots that you that, that, that I keep parading, but how about if I can lead Spurs to um, um, a trophy? My, my feel on that is, though, that he'll only sign that contract if he feels that Spurs can be competitive. You know, may, maybe there's a bit, bit more willingness on his side to sign that contract, but I, I, I just don't believe that he will sign a contract if he thinks, "Oh, Conte's gone. Who are we going to get in next?" It's going to be a bit of a, you know, a sticky one, and basically, you know, other players are leaving, and the squad's a bit of a mess, and now we haven't got a sort of kind of, a, a, you know, a grade A manager. There's a big, big amount of pressure on 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 Daniel Levy, Matt, isn't there, to kind of make sure. That the club is moving in the right direction to match his ambition. By the way, I just don't think that Daniel Levy, being Daniel Levy, will sell Man United. But there you go. Man United might want him, and I don't think that's in dispute. It's been that's been the case for quite some time. But I don't I don't believe that they will sell to a Premier League rival with a year left on on the cheap. No chance. 
I think that was a core issue last year when, or whenever it was, when Kane thought he was going to leave. It was the fact it was City arrival that was bidding for him that that shut the door on that one. Yeah, Levy's got to make the right appointment. Um, probably as a manager, Conte's making all sorts of noises that he he's probably going to disappear or look to disappear at the end of the summer, uh, at the end of the season. Um, it does make uh, an emotional choice, as we I think we mentioned before, for Pochettino. What it doesn't do is, is Kane's not going to sign us and he knows who the new manager is. Um, they've also got to look at things like, I mean, you talk about the captaincy, um, I think that might be up for grabs next season because um, much as I like him, I think Hugo Lloris's time is is winding to a close uh, at Spurs. Um, so there's that sort of incentive as well. But they've got they, they have made some good signings, uh, um, you know, not least of which Kulishevsky, who's shown himself to be very useful. Ben Tankur, that you know was missed badly when when he was out injured so so they're kind of filling in the gaps that they have got they're still getting some horrendously wrong though um and if they can tighten that up and look like they've got ambition it's like you say you know he could be that one club man and i think increasingly he's not beating himself up about winning things because he knows if he does he'll just have time to win now at the odd trophy he's never going to be the most decorated footballer of all time uh, and he tends to want to go to those extremes so yeah, I, I think I think there is a, a growing will for him to want to stay, uh, and as long as the club looks like staying competitive, being at the level he wants to play his football, i.e., Champions League, then you know I think this is as good a chance Spurs have had of tying him up for a long term uh, that they've had in a couple of seasons. Do you think Tottenham will be in the Champions League next season? I still think they can be. I mean, I think it all depends on Newcastle. Um, I think, you know, they're in a position that they're winning loads of games by the odd goal um, and, and really putting together points. I think Arsenal have got enough to stay up there. City will be up there. And I think United seem to have that momentum. So I think Newcastle are the vulnerable ones. And it is at the moment, the problem is, and Liverpool and Chelsea will say they're not out of it. And, it, you know, but Spurs need to get themselves together. Signs of it are Fulham, I think, a little bit of that was proof of the pudding of being how they carry on with that sort of thing. But it was a 1-0 win at Fulham. We were a tough team, but, you know, that's not a sign that you're going to be Champions League. Um, they, they've just got to build on that and, and start putting right all the problems they have had. It might not be pretty for the rest of the season, though, but Conte is the sort of manager who will get them over the line. Tell you what, Chris, there's one more thing on Kane. When you consider where he was a few weeks ago when we saw him in the mix zone in the... Um in the stadium after he suffered the heartbreaking penalty miss, which cost England a possible semi-final play. That broke. That would have broken a lot of players, wouldn't it, that experience? He's come back, he's scored five goals in seven games. It shows what how strong a character he is. And I think he's going to go, wherever he ends up playing his career, he's going to set records that might never be broken. Playing in a very ordinary Spurs team, this is his second best goal-scoring season. I mean, he's, he's bang on it. Yeah, he, he really is. And thank goodness for that for Spurs, because otherwise they'd be nowhere. I mean, he's level with Rooney's record for England now. God, heaven knows how many more he's going to get add to that. I mean, you know, he's probably going to get another 20, 25 goals for England, maybe, before he retires. He could, he could set records that might never be broken. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. I mean, you're right, Jeremy. I do think that, you know, he's... That, that night, he just looked absolutely devastated. Any lesser player, I think, would, would, you know, we'd be talking about the next season and a half to say, will he ever be the same again? He's done it. He's done it in a couple of weeks. I mean, that's how single-minded he is. He's absolutely sensational. And do you know what? I do actually, you know, 
I think that highlights the fact, I know we talk about, oh, he's not really interested in sort of team goals and, and success and trophies. Well, he looked pretty upset then, you know, and I don't think that was about beating Wayne his record, I must say. I, I love I love Harry Kane. I think he deserves so much more respect and he was devastated because he, 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 felt, he felt as if that he didn't, you know, he, he could have done more for his team and, and, and he cost his team the potential of, of, of winning the World Cup. And I, th- I think that's why he was so devastated, really. Anyway, on to the FA Cup and the magic of the FA Cup, really, guys. So where do we see? Where do we see? Oh, no, I'll tell you what. Let's start with the, with, with, with the monsters, shall we? Go on then. Man City, Arsenal. Does this mean anything? in the context of the title race, because these guys are going head-to-head. And, you know, does this mean anything uh, in the context of the title race? Well, I have a bash at that. I think it has a context in the sense of the FA Cup. I mean, forget the days when no-one wanted to win the FA Cup and, you know, it was a cheap competition. I mean, I'm not sure where you stand on the FA Cup, quality, if you're a fan or not, because you hardly ever mention it. Um, but, uh, but, no, they'll, they'll be wanting to win that game for the for the sake of being in the FA Cup fifth round. Uh, psychological blows are a complete nonsense because season by season, teams winning the league and then the following week losing the cup and vice versa. So, yeah, they'll be going with relatively... Yeah, there might be a few players who need a rest, but other than that, they'll be fairly strong teams and they'll be going to get into the fifth round. It's, it, the league's put to bed for the night. It's all about the cup. Well, from Arsenal's perspective, Crossy, it's, it's all about momentum, isn't it? You know, the... They're on this great run. They've lost one game all season. They've dispatched Tottenham um, the weekend before last with ease. And then they had that magnificent comeback win to beat Man United last weekend. They're on a wave and, you know, beating City at City in the FA Cup, it might not be the Premier League, but it gives them so much confidence moving forward. Yeah, 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 I I, I guess so. Where do, where do you see it, Andy? Where, do you think Arsenal might win that one? Or City, City, favourites? Yeah, I think City be favourites. I think when you say in the context of the Premier League, I do think I totally agree with what Matt says, and I also agree with. There's also a general feeling now, which is really nice to see. Perhaps we'll come on to it, but there just seems to be a slight sea change in feeling amongst clubs this season. Both in terms of, I mean, you have to see. Listen, the fact that City had out of the Carabao Cup has probably encouraged the other teams, but you have to, only have to see last night's game at the City ground, the teams that were out and Tuesday night's game down at St. Mary's and the teams that were out to realise that those four teams were taking the Carabao Cup, for example, extremely seriously and they were at the quarterfinal stage as well. And you look at the FA Cup and, and, and just from what I've seen of it so far, which is quite limited, it seems to me that there is a slight sea change in, in, in the importance of the Cups. The shine of the Cups is being a little bit re-established, you know, so I, I, I do, th- but, but having said that, having said that, I do think the situation um, in the Premier League now will mean that there'll be some changes um, in the teams for tomorrow night's game. Um, Maybe, you know, um, maybe Arteta won't, even though that game is still a little way off. It's a couple of weeks off, isn't the league game at the Emirates? But maybe he won't want to show his hand completely. Uh, Maybe he will now think, well, actually, you know what? Hey, We've got a big lead now. We, 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 you know, we are. We've got fifty points after nineteen games. We are in a serious position now. Maybe he will um, make a couple of changes. And if that's the case, 
I do think City's squad is just so incredibly strong. It, it clearly doesn't matter how many changes Pep Guardiola makes. We've been we've been at the games recently with City, and the bench has just been absolutely ridiculous. So it doesn't matter what he does. So for that reason, I think City will will win tomorrow night. Um, I don't think I have any bearing at all on the league games. I mean, I really don't. You know, I, I and, and I just think that in terms of momentum, the momentum is with them in the Premier League, Arsenal. So I don't think even a hiccup in the cup at the Etihad tomorrow night will will do that will do that any harm at all. I think it'll be a good game, you know. And, and listen, also don't forget Arteta's record. It was quite interesting. How you, how you would expect him to speak quite reverentially um, about Guardiola, considering the time he had under him. But his record against him clearly as a manager isn't 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 great. He's only played him. I think have they met six times as as opposing managers? And I think Pep's probably I think one one five maybe. Um, so I do think he's probably got, you know, I, I do think um, it's a tall order for him. But um, I just think it'll be a really good game, as I say. I just think that, you know, it, it's it's one tall You know, we don't normally, I think, I know, I know in these early stages, and it's the early stages of the Cup, look forward to all Premier League ties. But this is one we can definitely look forward to. Definitely look forward to. Yeah, not my... Not my... Favourite, really, and and I guess you always look for for where might be the upset. Having said that, I'm going to Brighton, Liverpool on on Sunday, and Sunday. I'm really looking forward to it, actually, to be honest. But uh, just because of uh, what happened when they met recently at the at the MX. But Matt, where do you see an upset? Atkinson Leeds, or you know, I think there's sort of kind of I don't know Wrexham, but yeah. In terms of stature of club, then that yeah, possibly. I mean. At, Accrington Leeds is, uh, yeah, it, on the league position isn't that different anymore. But in terms of the size of the clubs, that's a proper David against Goliath clash. Um, are, are we going to have the? Are we going to have the uh, Hollywood ending that they've been paying all this money for at Wrexham? Who knows? You know, Sheffield United are a big club, probably not quite big enough for for the the A listers that they've got there, and that they want a Manchester United to really sell their series. They're on the telly box. Yeah, on the BBC proper telly rather than streaming stuff. Um, but uh, but I've been watching the documentary. I yeah, wish them the, the best. They seem to be doing it the right way. Andy's a bit closer to it. Maybe he has a different take on it. But uh, but yeah, from afar, they, they, they seem to have the right mentality and same idea of a sustainability and, and respect for the, for the game mainly, which can be trampled on sometimes. With these uh, big money projects, so so yeah, it'd be quite interesting to see that and and then watch it all again on Netflix in in due course. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that that they're, they're the big ones. Um, yeah, uh, I can't. I mean, Manchester United's on the telly again as well, isn't it? But another home tie for Manchester United that the the TV bosses seem to be obsessed with screening for. Uh, for the purposes of attendances, but I can't really see Reading doing much there. Um, uh, and then Preston Spurs could be an interesting one because uh, the Battle of the Lily Whites, you know, it's uh, Spurs are in a difficult place at the minute. You know, they could slip up there and uh, uh, Preston will fancy that. So, yeah, it's, it's certainly it's a decent draw anyway for a good weekend of cup football. Just to come back on a couple of those, I, I, um, Walsall Leicester, I was originally going to go to Walsall Leicester because, you know, that's, the big disparity, um, League Two versus Premier League, but then, but then when Accrington, um, you know, Accrington Leeds was confirmed, 
you know, that's just 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 by the very nature, that's just just a great tie to go to, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's it, even though Atkinson and Stanley, of course, are actually, you, you know, um, you can't have them down as some sort of, you know, um, David's versus Goliaths anymore because you know they're, they're, they're a, a established League One club and. But it's still just got that feel to it, you know. If you've been to to Accrington Stanley Stadium, uh, the Wham Stadium, you, you you know it'll be it'll be a cold morning. It'll be twelve thirty to kick off. It'll be Leeds. Just for the novelty of seeing Jesse Marsh at Accrington Stanley, just you know, I just it's just something. It's just going to be, you know, just I mean, no one will have heard anything like it, you know, on the touchline of and it's Chris Armas's debut in the dugout alongside him, by the looks of it. <laughs> yes. So it'll be it'll be um it'll, it'll be grand. And then on Sunday, I'm going to go to Wrexham. Versus Sheffield United. I mean, and, and I am close to the story. And I do actually, I, I actually know a couple of the players actually at Wrexham. And they, you know, I think they were very sceptical about the whole sort of, the whole situation. But, you know, they say it's brilliant. You, you know, they're, they're, they're getting, honestly, no word of a lie. So, so there's a lad just lives down the road here um, who, who plays for Wrexham. And uh, smashing lad comes out for a pint now and again and, and whatever. You know, and he'll be out for a pint. And, and On a Thursday. Monday night club, pal. <laughs> MNC, five till seven, game of doms, the whole lot, mate. And anyway, but but, but listen, and you know, I'm, 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 I'm not, won last night, Rexon, by the way, top of the National League now, won 3 0 away at Gateshead. Well, they lost two games out of 20, 28 this season. Yeah, but they, they only went ahead of Notts County. Um, just they've just nudged three points ahead of Notts County, won the game in hand last night, um, at Gateshead. But anyway, um, anyway, but. A couple of players live local to me, and I see one lives particularly local. Comes out for a pint, and they'll be sat there having a pint, and and he'll, he'll be getting a text off Ryan Reynolds, you know, just about you know about the game or about something like that. And it's like you know these guys have got, and yes, I understand what Max say, and know it's made for Netflix sort of style, sort of you know um, regime. But I think they genuinely are interested in the. In the sports, the genuine interest in the idea. And don't forget, it is it is a slightly. It might not be Hollywood, but it's movie like. You know, taking over the club. But listen, yeah, you know, Wrexham have been a far bigger club in the past as well. So it's not like they are real minnows, but they are really interested. And you speak to the players, and they'll tell you that. So it'll be fascinating. Yes, they would have loved the Man U or a, a Liverpool or a whoever. Um, and I think, I think, I think that'll be great. So to me, there are there are a like. There's some good Premier League ties. I think Brighton Liverpool, John, is, is, is a really good tie because I think Brighton could do it winning something, by the way. I mean, I'm fed up with Brighton. I'm not fed up with it. It's great. Brighton being held up as the best run club in the Premier League, blah, blah, blah. Best run, best run, best run. Don't win anything. You know, I mean, it, it, I, Brighton. To, to, yes. Why are you having to go at Brighton? I'm not having to go at him. I'm actually being very complimentary. What I mean is, it'd be, ni- it'd be nice to see them actually win something to cement how well they're doing. They're clearly, you know, the the the, 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 the widely acclaimed best run, whatever, they can sell anyone to anyone. I mean, when they sell Cotido to, um, to Chelsea or to Arsenal, I mean, the money they'll have got in will just be astonishing, you know, and then probably McAllister will go um, and whatever. I mean, if you think... But it'd be nice. Do you find that cynicism? Do you find that cynicism weighs you down, Andy? Or do you? It's not cynicism. I just said it'd be nice to win something. (laughs) Lovely. I can't believe that. I'll I'll do better. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say. Listen, maybe John. Maybe it's because I'm as. Maybe it's maybe it's because I'm of a certain age. But when when someone mentions Brighton Hove Albion, say I say just out of the blue, someone mentions right. Okay, here's, here's a quick one. First memory, Brighton. Steve Foster. Smith must score. I mean, in his head surely, band, that's for people of a certain age. 
know, people of a modern age think, oh, didn't they do well getting, you know, £45 million for Ben White? Yeah, but it's still, it's still, it's still a footballing moment. They got relegated that season, so... I am digressing, but what I mean is people judge clubs now. Um, people tend to judge clubs on, on, on sort of how well they can stay in the Premier League, for example. And, and Brighton, quite rightly, are judged as one of the best-run clubs around because they play lovely football, they stay in the Premier League, and they make a whopping profit in the transfer market. They sell Cucurella for 50 million quid. They sell White for 45 million quid. They're going to sell potato for however much, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just nice if you remember for winning something sometimes, isn't it? I mean, here's the argument then. Someone said on the radio the other day, if you're a Wigan fan, Wigan Athletic fan, now, okay, this is an extreme example because they've been through some extremely tough times in recent seasons. But they're saying, okay, you don't win the cup, but you're still in the Premier League. Yeah, no, we, I had this discussion the other day with with with, with someone, and basically, actually, <laughs> it was at a club actually where I was doing something, and basically, we were saying, I mean, Wigan, you'd never, you'd never swap, you'd never ever swap that, and Birmingham would never ever swap their day at Wembley for for for, for survival. But when you ask me what 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 do you know, you mentioned Brighton. What do I think of? I tell you what I think of. I think of the Goldstone ground. I think of the with Dean. I think of nearly going out of business, not having a trade ground, going absolutely crazy. Now you go to the training ground. It's one of the best in the Premier League. The Amex is sensational. It brilliantly run football club that will, yes, okay, they sell some players, but they buy better ones and improve. And listen, they've lost the manager. And so what do they do? They go and get a better one. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're absolutely sensational. That is, that, is not, that is not a good story that doesn't deserve cynicism. I don't know what is. I'm sorry. You, you, you've literally got completely the wrong end of the stick. I'm, uh, what, what I'm t- I, I to- I, yeah, I totally agree with everything you say, everything you say, absolutely everything. But I'm saying what a nice thing it'd be if actually that was topped off by actually winning something, by a club, by, by, by a day at Wembley and winning a trophy. That's what I'm trying to say. So what, Crossy? Brighton will go into that game at the weekend with his favourites to win. Yeah. On current form. It won't be a shock if Brighton beat Liverpool. No, it wouldn't be. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. Got six goals against them in two games this season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally, yeah. There you go. Anyway, each to their own. I'm I'm still living in dreamland and the magic of the FA Cup. And and with that, guys, we we will... uh, yeah, we'll, we'll a bit of do and say farewell. And so, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, I hope to see you at the same time, same place next week.